Well, friends, welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. What a blessing for us to be together with our church family on this last day of 2023. This has been an eventful year. It's had a lot of dark, troubled days. Every day, the headlines face us, face our families, our church community, the world. We're faced with illness and injury and destruction and even death. This is the nature of a broken world. It's also the nature of our gracious God that in this very same year, we witnessed hope and joy and peace and love, healing and caring, restoration and renewal, sometimes in unexpected places. If you were here at our cozy Christmas morning celebration last uh, Monday, you may remember that we talked about families. I thought it would be good to explore that topic a little further today to widen our understanding of what it means to be in a Christian family. Hear now the description that Luke gives of how the very first Christian family came to be. This is from Luke chapter 2. Now Joseph went also up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This also is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So on Christmas morning, we discussed how this was the beginning of a new family. Father Joseph, Mother Mary, baby Jesus. Mary knew long before Jesus' birth, that God had designed this baby and this family for great things. It was the first Christian family. During the time of Advent over the last four weeks, we discovered that several of the characters in the Christmas story reacted to the events around them. Zechariah sang a song of hope. The angels sang a song of joy. Simeon sang a a song of peace. And Mary sang a song of love. So I want you to hold that thought for a minute about this holy family and the hope and joy and peace and love that they and their community experienced. I had a long airplane flight this fall and I decided to devote myself to, in my travel time, to watching Yellowstone, the TV series, which I had not seen at all before. I was immediately hooked. And after 22 hours in the air, I finished the whole series. It is a compelling story. A big family living on a cattle ranch in the West. They'd lived there for many generations. This family had a long history of suffering and sacrifice to build this family, to build a dynasty which benefited each generation that came after. One of the things that was obvious about this family that had been on the same ranch for generations was they all knew each other so well. They all knew their histories, their backstories. They all knew each other's quirks and foibles. Some of them wanted to live by the book. Others were happy to bend the rules when it benefited them. Some of them loved the ranch too much, and some of them didn't love the ranch enough. Some of them clung to the family tightly. Some of them ran away. But in this family, they knew each other intimately, all the weaknesses and strengths. In a family, Everyone is known. At their core, they all in some way know that they belong to this family. In this same Yellowstone family, 
They also knew that no matter what, that at some level, they all loved one another. There was a bond beyond simple genetics that compelled them to look out for each other, to try their best to protect one another. They fought like cats and dogs, but at some level, they truly wanted what they thought was best for each other. Then in one particularly powerful episode, this happened over the mid-Atlantic for me, the family patriarch, believing himself to be uniquely responsible to protect his family, goes out on a misguided mission to drive away the family's foes. It ends up in a gunfight. The patriarch is seriously wounded and feared to be dead. He literally was prepared to give up his life for the family, for their ancestry, and for the generations to come. Does this sound familiar to you? Of course it does, and it should. Chad and Sabrina spent all of our fall sermon series on understanding who we are in the world. How do we fit in? What is the truth about us? We look closely at the truths that we can know about ourselves, how God looks at us. We discovered these certainties about ourselves. We are known by God, known better by him even than we know ourselves. We are loved by God with a love that is unearned, but wide and deep. And we are valuable to God, treasured to the point of being worthy of dying for. So now we're going to leave our fictional Yellowstone family. And I want us to think about another kind of family. I think you'll like this family. This family is a lot, has a lot going for it. It's a big family. Lots and lots of brothers and sisters. Mothers, fathers, cousins, children, grandchildren. This is a massive family. We're going to call this family the family of faith. We also call it the family of God or the family of Christ. This family is bound together by a very, very simple relationship. Membership in this family is not genetic. It runs way deeper than that. This is how Paul defines membership in this family. He writes in Romans 10. Paul says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. So the Bible says clearly that if you believe in your heart and confess with your tongue that you belong to Jesus, then you are already known. You are a vital, integral, expected, and valued. Indeed, you are a cherished member of this family. In this family, you are loved. We are loved so much that we have already been given so many blessings, not owing to any work of our own. These are the most wonderful gifts in the world. God has given each of us his creation. He has given us people to care about and who will care about us. He's given us each a measure of health and prosperity. We can tell we are loved by the blessings that have been afforded to us. And here's the next thing you need to know about this family. If you are a child of God and Jesus was the son of God, then the question about whether someone in this family is willing to die for you and me, it's already been answered. The answer is that 2,000 years ago, a sacrifice of a life has been made for you. You don't have to wonder, am I a respected member of this family? The answer is yes. You are important enough to die for. You are most welcome in this family. And like we talked about on Christmas morning, this is our family of faith. 
the family of Christ. Every Sunday, we have a family reunion. We pray together, we sing together, we learn from God's word together, we share our lives together. This was always God's plan, that there would be a people of faith, sharing that faith in their own community and the love from that community with the people around them. In our church family, we received blessings as we talked about in our season of Advent leading up to Christmas. In the season of Advent, we spent four weeks talking about what was happening in the time of Jesus' birth. Who were the characters? What was the sequence of events? Who was where? Who did what? And in the midst of all that, we discovered that in the story of Jesus' birth, there were themes that popped up. Topics appeared. We highlighted four of them in the weeks of Advent. We discovered that people of faith are bearers of hope and joy and peace and love. This Advent season, we heard the songs that were sung, emotional moments that occurred to the people who were right in the middle of Jesus' story. We heard about the hope of Zechariah, the joy of the angels, the peace of Simeon, and the love of Mary. Each song reflected the exuberant excitement in that season that we just finished celebrating. So now 2,000 years later, you and I, all members of our church family, all Christians everywhere, we receive these gifts, these gifts of hope and joy and peace and love. But there's an intriguing thing about these Christmas blessings. We enjoy them. We delight in them. We share this story with each other every year with great fanfare and celebration. But the gifts are not meant for us. They're meant for us to give away. As far back in our tradition as the time of Abraham, God was clear to the people of Israel. God said, you are blessed, but you're blessed to be a blessing to others. God said the same thing about the nation of Israel. He was clear that Israel was blessed, chosen, singled out by God for his attention, his love and blessing. But this nation Israel was not created for its own blessing, but to be a blessing to all nations. So now let's compare these two families, the Yellowstone family and our faith family. The Yellowstone family had hope. Their hope was to maintain their possessions, but that hope was based on swindling and bullying, coveting and hoarding. Zechariah's hope was built on God's faithfulness, God's promises, and the coming of a Messiah. The Yellowstone family had precious little joy. Their joy was based only on the hard scrabble work of their own hands, for which they felt they deserved reward. But the angel's joy was based on good news, good news that a child is born, a son is given. The Yellowstone family rarely had peace, only brief moments of peace in between the clashes and the conflicts. Simeon's peace came from seeing with his own eyes the fulfillment of his lifetime of faith, the answering of his prayers. And among the Yellowstone family, there was only rarely love. And even that love was conditional. It was diluted by greed and selfishness. In Mary's song, we see a pure love, unhindered love from a God who blessed Mary, blessed her child, her family, and her people. So good news. We are members of perhaps the largest family in the history of humankind, the family of Christian faith. The members of this family have been known and loved and worth dying for for over 2,000 years. Everyone here is a member of this family, not because we earned it, but because of what we bring, or not because of what we bring to this family, 
but because we share with the family and the world. If the song of Zechariah reminded you of the hope of Jesus Christ, as a member of this family of faith, you are now expected to share that hope with people who are hopeless, who can see no easy way forward, who feel like they are at the end of their rope. You know who the hopeless people are in your life. God has already sent them to you. If the story of the angels and their song of joy at Christ's birth brought joy to your heart, it's your responsibility as a member of this church family to share joy with people who are living joyless lives. You know who the joyless people are. God has already sent them to you. If you were touched by the story of peace that Simeon shared in his song, be prepared always to share that peace with someone whose life is chaotic and painful and heartbroken. You know who the heartbroken people are. God has already sent them to you. If you remember hearing Mary's song, the song of outpouring of love, born of trust and faith from an anxious mother who knows God has blessed her. If you heard that song and your heart was warmed by Mary's words, now it is your obligation to seek people for whom love is in short supply. You know who the people in your life are that are loveless. Take Mary's words and translate them into words that share love with someone who feels unloved. You know who they are. God has already sent them to you. Families are a wonderful thing. God designed us to be in families with people who know each other well, who love each other with unconditional and deep love. It's a wonderful blessing to be surrounded by a family who loves you so deeply and cares for you so profoundly that they would give up their lives for you. Some of you are blessed with earthly families that sound just like that. But the good news is that all of us have been called to this family of faith, a family where we need no introduction because the Father already knows us, families into which we do not need to prove ourselves important or lovable because we are already important and loved, loved with a love that passes all understanding. And we are already members of this family who have proved our worth demonstrated the value of our souls by the sacrifice of Jesus and his death on a cross. This has already all been done for us, prepared in advance long before we were born, made ready and complete at every stage of our lives. And now as members of this great family of faith, this great cloud of witnesses, we enjoy the benefits and blessings of this wonderful family. And we remember the responsibility to bring new family members into our fold. Let's pray. Father God, what a delightful season we are completing. A time to remember afresh all that you have done. Thank you for our birth families and thank you for this church family you have created and prepared for us. Now give us courage to make disciples and be your hands and feet as good and faithful servants. And all God's people in one voice said, amen.